itches, tattoos, vaccines, oh my. Could it mean that the world is ending? Could it mean that the beast system spoken of in the book of Revelation be amongst us? We'll stick around and we'll see what God tells us in today's episode. So with that being said, we ask our Father to bless us by opening eyes and opening ears in today's lesson. In the name of His Holy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's begin The Mark of the Beast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Disciples' Haven. And today's episode is named The Mark of the Beast. Yes, uh, before we get into that, I know it's been, a, I think, past a month now since the last episode. And I do want to apologize again. Um, I've been having some technical difficulties with the software, the microphone. It was just one thing breaking down after another. Uh, but I think I got it fixed now. Um, so hopefully none of the audio is going to be messed up or anything. But, you know, our world has been thrown in such a chaos in the recent recent years that it didn't take long for some Christians to start sounding alarms of the mark of the beast being here already by way of vaccine, cryptocurrency, anything, etc. like that. But are we dealing with the mark of the beast already? Is it in the horizon? Well, that's what this study is going to be about. Now, before we begin our study, we have to understand something about the Bible. God uses different creatures as symbols to describe countries, power, whatever it may be. Why does he do that? Well, you didn't think being a disciple was a walk in the park, did you? God doesn't like laziness. So he expects his children to rightfully divide the word of God and study their butts off, as explained in the second Timothy chapter two, verse 15. Study to show yourself approved before Almighty God, and you can have a place in His kingdom. Why? Because God can use you. He can trust you. And He knows you're disciplined enough to handle whatever may come your way. So let's open up our Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 1. Before we begin, I find it important for you to know that the word revelation means to reveal, to uncover. So right away, we should all know God isn't trying to hide any secrets from us. He's not trying to confuse us or anything. He's trying to educate us. So verse 1 reads, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. Oh my God, we have a monster. But relax. That's not what being, that's what's being discussed here. We'll soon find out what all of this means, what the beast means, what the horns mean, the heads, etc. Again, God is revealing something to us, and we're supposed to be paying attention. Now, this beast is a governmental system, a governmental system that affects the entire globe, a system that is set on bringing world peace through lies. Now, what kind of political ideology is wanting us to be United, inclusive, progressive, give sanctuary to different peoples? Hmm, I'll let you think on that for a minute. Now, to break down this beast, in chapter 17 of this book of Revelation, the Word of God explains everything about this beast system if you want to read it. In chapter 17, 
The waters are symbolic of the people of the world. The heads are symbolic of seven kingdoms or seven continents, if you want to think of it that way, because with seven continents, then we are talking about the whole world. The horns are symbolic of power. Horns in the Bible are almost always symbolic of power. And the crowns are symbolic of ten kings or ten world leaders, which will control this one world government system. So I hope, I hope I haven't lost any of you. Like I said, this is a pretty simple way to follow it. So let's go on to verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and great authority. Who gives this beast government the power? The dragon. Now, who is this dragon John is referring to in this verse? Well, it just so happens that God gave us the answer back in chapter 12, verse 9. And verse 9 reads, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So the dragon is none other than Satan himself. Notice how here in verse 9, the titles of Satan are all written out. The dragon, the old serpent, referring from the Garden of Eden, the devil, and Satan. Why? Because God doesn't want you to have any doubt that Satan himself will be the one that gives power to this governmental system. Now, back to Revelation chapter 13, verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. This governmental world system just received a deadly wound. But the question is, how does a governing system receive a deadly wound? You see, many Christians and Christian churches preach that his deadly wound is going to be some political figure, a man that is assassinated, but that's not the case. We have learned that the heads of the beast represent kingdoms or continents. So it's not a man that receives a deadly wound, but the beast system itself. So how does the system get a deadly wound? Well, this beast system, since it will entail the whole world, means that the whole world is in some form of peace. So what's the opposite of peace? War. Clearly, the deadly wound means that the peace amongst the nations gets broken. But then what happens when that peace is broken? Someone heals that wound and the whole world did what? They wondered after the beast. Verse 4. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? They worshipped the dragon and the beast. Well, who's they? The entire world. Why? Because they are believing that dragon, in other words, Satan, to be Jesus Christ who has returned and brought his kingdom to earth. And who is able to make war with him? I mean, if you see these things come to pass, who would make war against who they think is Jesus Christ? Let this be a reminder how the end of this world is to come. Or I should say the end of this earth age. It's not going to be by some nuclear holocaust type of event. It's going to end with a fake type of peace. 
Verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. We can see here the prophecy that Paul gave in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 being fulfilled, how the son of perdition will exalt himself above God so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself to be God. Now, this 42-month time frame is equivalent to three and a half years. So does this mean Satan is going to be here for three and a half years? No, it doesn't. It means that Satan will be here for the entire tribulation. You will be here for the entire tribulation as well. So how long will Satan be here exactly? Well, this original time frame started with seven years, or known as the seven-year tribulation. Then, three and a half years. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 22, Jesus Christ tells us, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Shortened to what, though? Well, God tells us in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. So the entire tribulation went from seven years to three and a half years, which was later shortened to five months. Let this be a warning to all of you just how convincing and deceiving Satan and his angels will be once they are here on this earth. God had to shorten the days that Satan and his angels are here because if he didn't, he saw that not even the elect would be saved. The elect would be deceived. That, that is powerful. Back to the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse 6. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. How does Dayton deceive the whole world? By claiming to be God. At this time, all the world's religions convert over believing Satan is the real Jesus Christ come to save the world. Now, some may be asking, Jose, why would anyone worship Satan? I mean, he's evil. He's ugly from all the pictures that I've seen. Well, hold on to that question. Let's keep reading because the answer just lies a few verses ahead. Let's go on to verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. In other words, the entire world has gone Christ crazy over Satan, thinking he is the real Jesus Christ. But remember what I had said back in the episode of Genesis chapter 6. God will always have a select few that he can count on to help spread the word. These people here are known as the saints, or, in other words, the elect. These elect were the same people during the first earth age who didn't bow or follow Satan. They stood against him. You know who else God will have here with us to help us through? The two witnesses. These two people that God will send down here will be in the flesh just as you and I are right now. Their main job? To turn back as many people away from Satan as they can by prophesying the word of God to them. You see how much God loves his children? You see how many fail-safes God has placed for us so we cannot be deceived? Let's continue with verse 8. 
and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. You want to make sure your name is written in that book of life. And how do you do that, you ask? By studying God's word. God's seal in our minds is knowing who the false Christ is and knowing what God has planned for us all. Study his word and your name will be put in that Lamb's book of life. Verse 10. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. This war that is waging, this war that will come to us all, it, it, it isn't a, a physical war. This war isn't going to be about how many of God's enemies can you kill, which is why it states here, he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. In other words, don't waste your time trying to kill people who worship Satan as the real Christ. It won't do you any good other than maybe get yourself killed. This is a spiritual war, a war about souls. So you must use the word of God as your weapon. And as the book of Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, we must take up the whole armor of God. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a second beast? But this beast is different. John is stating here that this beast looked like a lamb. The lamb was usually the animal to sacrifice. And who was sacrificed for our sins? Jesus Christ. But this lamb didn't talk like Jesus. He talked like the dragon. And who's the famous dragon in the Bible again? Satan. So John is telling us this beast looks exactly like Jesus does. But it isn't Jesus because he talks like Satan. You see, many people today have this imaginary image of what Satan looks like. When I tell you, picture the devil, what do you see? You most likely probably see an ugly red man with a pitchfork, a long pointy tail, and a goatee, right? Wrong. None of that is biblical. Never was, never will be. It's written in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, that Lucifer was created as the most gorgeous of all angels, the smartest and all-around beautiful. You think when he comes down here with his angels, you don't think millions will flock to him just based off of his beauty alone? Look at how people react to dumb celebrities like Justin Bieber or Snoop Dogg. Now picture the most beautiful angel here on earth telling you he's the real Jesus Christ. Some might say, oh, Jose, that won't be me. I know better. Well, let me give you a little military advice. Never underestimate your enemy. Because if Jesus Christ had to shorten the time length of Satan being here on earth or else no one would be saved, then that should tell you something. When Satan is here, he isn't going to come to make war. What kind of God would he be trying to portray if God is love and peace if he comes down here doing the complete opposite? He's coming down here as peaceful as Jesus Christ came. But what else is he going to do? Let's read on. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and he causeth the earth and them that which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He exercised all power of the first beast. The first beast being what? A political one-world government system. A socialistic system. And when Satan is here, he continues that socialistic power of that system, and everyone on earth 
seeing this, begin to worship it. That peace that was broken, Satan has come down to this earth and caused the peace to be restored and everyone begins to follow Satan thinking he is the real Jesus Christ. Come to rapture them away or come to save them. And why wouldn't they? There's peace on earth. But what else is Satan going to do? Verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He begins to perform miracles. He begins to cause supernatural events to occur right in the sight of men and women. How could one not believe this is the real Messiah, right? Well, we know better. But start training now. Start training your mind into being prepared for the events that is about to experience because if you're weak-minded and you don't have that seal of God in your mind, you too can be deceived. But you know better. You are a disciple of God. Train now so you don't suffer later. Like I said before, look at how people are nowadays with celebrities. They willingly throw their bodies at them and cry over them and just go stupid crazy over them. Imagine seeing a spirit, in this case an angel, looking like Jesus Christ would, performing miracles, causing fire to come down from heaven, causing all these supernatural events to occur, and you wonder how the world would worship a fake Christ? Verse 14, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. This is the mark of the beast. The believing that the fake Christ is the real Christ. Believing and doing Satan's work. Worshipping him as God when he is only an angel. Verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, a lot of people freak out that if they don't worship the beast, they're going to be killed. These angels were ordered by God that they weren't allowed to kill anybody, but that they are allowed to torment people for five months. But even if they had the ability to kill you, how strong is your faith, ladies and gentlemen? When you think of the martyrs of the past, they died bravely without ever fearing. Are you capable of dealing with such a fate? I would honestly say many in today's society wouldn't be able to. Fortunately, this word killed in the Strong's Concordance is G615, which comes from the root word of the Strong's Concordance, G575, which means separation. And there will most definitely be a separation and us versus them. There will be those who strongly believe that Satan is the real Christ, and there will be a small few who will know that he is fake and know that he is in fact Satan himself. I mean, look at the way that our country, our world is divided right now. There's an us versus them atmosphere. Now, picture that times a million when Satan and his angels are here. Verse 16, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. So how did the people get the mark of the beast in the first place from Satan? By deceiving them into having them believe he is the real Jesus Christ. But the people on earth aren't just thinking Satan is the real Jesus Christ. They are also doing his work in his kingdom. Now notice that it's how it says in their right hand or in their foreheads. What's in your forehead? Your brain. 
Now, what about your right hand? You use your hands for work. So as I said before, not only do these people believe that the Antichrist is the real Christ, they're also doing his work. This is the mark of the beast. It's a spiritual mark. Think about it this way. Wouldn't it be pretty obvious if Satan were here that people got some microchip in the right hand or a tattoo of 666 on their foreheads? Wouldn't it be pretty obvious for other people to see that and think, gee, I've heard about this in a book somewhere. Maybe I should stay away. If you think this, then you're not giving Satan enough credit. You're underestimating him. Satan isn't stupid. Like the book of Ezekiel states, he was made as the most beautiful and most intelligent out of all. You really think he's going to use some kind of earthly materials to put his mark on us? Think outside the church walls and expand your knowledge in the word of God. Verse 17, And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Now, why would you not be able to buy or sell anything if you don't have a mark? Basically, what it says here is that if you aren't partaking in this world's in this world's spiritual government or believing the Christ that is on earth is the real living God, then you're considered an outcast, an enemy, and you won't be able to buy or sell anything. Some people may even try to cause you harm. I mean, look at what some people do right now in the streets over the way one looks. Can you imagine how life will be when they know you don't even believe in their God? This is why it's important to prepare now, physically and spiritually. Start stocking up on non-perishables and water. Don't just sit there thinking, oh, God will provide. He has my back. While yes, that is true, he expects you to do some work. He isn't just wanting you to sit there and have him do all the work. Get your butt up and start preparing for the worst. Start getting supplies ready. This isn't some doomsday prepper type of warning, but God himself even tells us to do this. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 6, God states, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. God basically telling us that, be like the ant, they never go hungry. Why? Because they have no leader over them, yet they provide for themselves and prepare themselves for the changing of the seasons. You should do the same for what is coming ahead. Prepare for the harvest that's, uh, that lays ahead. Back to the book of Revelation, verse 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Six, six, six being Satan's number. He is the one spoken of in the sixth vial, the sixth trumpet, and the sixth seal. God doesn't want you to make no mistake about it. The devil will be here before the real Christ returns. Because when does Christ return? The real one. The book of Revelation tells us that he returns at the seventh trumpet, the seventh seal, and the seventh vial, 777, which in biblical numerics means spiritual completeness. So, ladies and gentlemen, we see that the mark of the beast isn't some tattoo, it's not some computer chip, it's not a vaccine. And I get it, when COVID hit and the vaccine came out, people began freaking out because they weren't allowed at events, restaurants. Some couldn't even go to the grocery store to buy supplies unless they were vaccinated. But the vaccine isn't the mark of the beast. 
Think of the vaccine as a precursor to what is to come. What is coming is a spiritual war that will manipulate the minds of almost everyone on earth. I hope you all enjoyed the episode of The Mark of the Beast. I hope you all are now more familiar with what is to come, and I hope you take the time to prepare. Don't get caught off guard. God has given us plenty of time and warnings to get our minds, bodies, and spirits prepared for the upcoming events that await us. Study God's Word. Understand what is being taught. So when the true Christ returns, you don't find yourself like the billions of billions of people that the book of Revelation writes about, how those people will try to hide and wish for the mountains to fall on them because they realized they had worshipped the wrong Christ. But it'll be too late for them at that point. The real Jesus Christ isn't returning to bring peace. He's returning with the rod of iron. And that only means one thing, to rule with discipline and order. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of The Disciples Haven. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to like, comment, and share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, the handle being The Disciples Haven. Until next time, disciples, go in peace.